0: Civil behavior is what distinguishes us from the lower forms. It's what enables us to communicate, to go about things in an orderly fashion without attacking each other like beasts in the wild. Civility must be rewarded, Captain. And if it isn't rewarded, then there's no use for it. There's just no use for it at all. Welcome to episode 41 of the Graveyard Shift, where each week we watch a movie from the horror category and break it down into the good, the bad, and sometimes the downright confusing. We'll talk about the plot, some production details, and anything else we feel is fun or relevant. I'm your host, Sheldon, and I never worked a graveyard shift alone. Please say hello to the bub, to my Dr. Logan, my co-host Mike. that's you right mike yeah okay (laughs) just making sure and how are you doing today mike it has been a busy productive day full of
1: lots of stuff getting done that needed to be done and this is one of those
0: things (laughs) so yay! i'm i'm feeling on a roll well that's good that's good speaking of on a roll Here we are with part three of March of the Dead, our tribute to the late George Romero and his Dead series. Can't believe we're, you know, 75% done right now. Yep. So, so far we've talked about the groundbreaking masterpiece Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead. Before we get into the next entry in the series, Mike, do you have some more info about Mr. Romero?
1: Well, sure we do. After this movie that we discussed, he went on to film, well, before that, he filmed Knight Rider and Creepshow. Excellent movies based on, uh, well, Knight Riders. Did you ever see Knight Riders? I
0: have not. That's one I'm not familiar with.
1: Yeah, apparently it's like some, dra- it's, uh, some drama about a group of modern day jousters who reenact tournaments on motorcycles.
0: I'm down. I'd watch that. Sounds like <laughs> an episode of Jackass.
1: There was a, uh, a horror movie with motorcycles in it about this, uh, I think it was a British movie, these bikers, they kill themselves so that they can come back from the dead and be immortal. I forgot what it was, but it was some 60s uh, or 70s movies, clearly made by people that are just like, oh, those bikers.
0: <laughs> yeah, those bikers with their rock music and jousting.
1: Their leather jackets. So... Anyway, the cult classic success of Creep Show led to Romero to do Tales from the Dark Side, a horror anthology series from 1983 to 1988, and also a great movie with Blondie in it. Debbie Harry as a witch.
0: <laughs>
1: but uh you know, he was on you can't say that uh he was a genius at everything because with the 90s came monkey shines. <laughs> About a killer helper monkey, two evil eyes, a.k.a. dochi Diabolici, 1990, an Edgar Allan Poe adaptation in collaboration with Dario Argento, the dark half written by Stephen King, and Bruiser about a man whose face becomes a blank mask. Boy, that sounds like some psychological shit.
0: I saw that movie, and yes, you're right, and uh, yeah, it's not good.
1: (laughs) Huh. But it has so much. It has such a good premise. I mean, like losing your face. Come on. Mm-hmm. I guess that all—that's all it had going for it.
0: Yeah. It—it was—it was weird. It—it it does. I—it it really does have a good premise. It's uh, if you saw it, like it, that description doesn't give it a whole lot of uh, detail. It does have a good premise, and I saw it, and you know, I saw the cover in a video store. I was like, hey, George Romero, I'll give it a watch. And uh, no, it's not good. <laughs> I won't give it a second watch. No. And I don't recommend it.
1: But in the 90s, he also remade Night of the Living Dead, but uh, he just stuck with executive producing it so that Tom Savini could direct it. Savini was also responsible for the makeup and special effects on uh, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, Creepshow, and Monkey Shines. Romero had a cameo appearance in the Academy Award winning Silence of the Lambs as one of Hannibal Lecter's Jailers. Ooh. And finally, in 1998, he directed a live-action commercial promoting the video game Resident Evil 2 in Tokyo. The 30-second advertisement featured the game's two main characters, Leon and Claire, fighting a horde of zombies while in Raccoon City's police station. The project was for obviously was obvious territory for him, because the Resident Evil series was heavily influenced by the Dead series. The commercial was popular, although a contract dispute prevented it from being shown outside Japan, so
0: check it out on YouTube. I and definitely will, because that sounds amazing.
1: Capcom was so impressed with, Mar- with Romero's work on the job, it was strongly indicated that he would be directing the first Resident Evil film. And that's why it was so good. Oh, wait. He didn't want to make another film with zombies in it, and he couldn't make a movie direct based on something that isn't his, he would claim. Although in later years, he did write a script for the movie, so it was saved! And it was rejected in favor of <laughs> Paul W.S. Anderson's movie, so it wasn't. And, oh my gosh, they they just they just went with the guy, I don't know if because he was banging Mila Jovovich or... I mean, you can't blame him for that. But what you can blame him for was a fucking boring-ass movie. Mm -hmm. I mean, all it had was the laser grid. I mean, that scene was great. Everything else was such a long wait to get to it. And then when you
0: got there, you're just like, that's it? But, Mike, it was so fresh and stylish.
1: (laughs) I did like the ending. When she woke up and found Raccoon City had already been uh, devastated.
0: Yes. That was uh, was a good ending. That was a great scene, yes. But yeah, overall, I'm not a fan.
1: One kill and one ending and an ending does not a good movie make. No,
0: certainly does not. But you know what is a good movie? This one! So let's get to it! Yes! So, like I said, we're at part three of March of the Dead. So, why don't you tell everyone what's next in the series?
1: First came the night, then came the dawn.
0: Now, it is the day of the dead. Mm Mm-hmm. That's right, and here is a little info on Day of the Dead. Released in 1985, Day of the Dead is an American horror film written and directed by, surprise, surprise, George Romero, and was described by him as a tragedy about how a lack of human communication causes chaos and collapse even in the small pie slice of society. It had a... $3.5 3.5 million dollar budget and had a box office return of approximately 34 million. A great return, seeing as that is almost 10 times its budget. But still, it's far from the rate of return of the previous two films. In fact, uh, Night of the Living Dead got back like what was it, like 150 times its budget, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it has a Rotten Tomatoes score of 82% from critics and 75% audience score. Can't argue with that, really. I might give it a little higher, but that's that's actually pretty decent scores. Now, as for the plot, a small group of military officers and scientists dwell in an underground bunker as the world above is overrun by zombies. So, we started in Night of the Living Dead with the first glimpse of the outbreak. Dawn of the Dead showed us the world coming apart, and uh, the dead starting to take over. Now, with Day of the Dead, basically, the world's gone into the toilet. The people in this one, as far as they know, at least, are the only people left alive. So, uh, even though you already kind of alluded to it, Mike, (laughs) what do you think of this one? I liked it. Yep. It was a decent, it was a uh, likable movie. Absolutely. Don't know if it had the same effect me that like the other two did, at least in this recent, like, you know, watching again for the first time in a a little while, Um, but certainly good to be quite uh, honest for a long time. This is probably when I first watched the series, like uh, all three movies in a row. Um, So this would have been probably like late nineties for a long time. This was my favorite in the series. It was only in recent years that I started appreciating Dawn of the Dead in a new light, and that one became my favorite. But, uh, yeah, I still really love this one, and we're going to get into uh, into why we both like this one very soon. But first, Mike, uh, just a little bit of trivia. Did you ever wonder why the word living doesn't appear in the titles for the sequels? So,
1: hmm, I, I assume there's a good reason.
0: There is, actually. So after Night of the Living Dead... Uh, Romero and co-writer John Russo couldn't agree on what direction to take the series. And, you know, it ended up in court, of course, like all great stories do. (laughs) Um, So it was actually shown in court that it was actually Russo that came up with the title, Night of the Living Dead. But Romero was shown to actually own the movie rights. So what was the court's solution? Romero would could continue to make uh, make the movie series as he saw fit. gave him complete control over what direction it was going to take, but was not allowed to use the uh, use the word "living" in the titles. <laughs> so that's why there was a change in the title of the sequels, and that is in why that that's also why in 1985 a movie written by Russo came out called Return of the Living Dead. And uh, it caused a bit of confusion, because uh, a lot of people thought that Return of the Living Dead was actually a sequel to Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> caused all kinds of confusion. Gee, uh,
1: uh, uh, gee, with a name like that, I mean, come on, Like, where, where's the confusion?
0: Yeah, and I got a feeling that's what Russo was hoping, was going to be able to bank on the uh, popularity of uh, the uh, Night of the Living Dead series. And uh, a lot of and because both these movies, Day of the Dead and Return of the Living Dead came out at the same time, a lot of people believe that's why Day of the Dead didn't show the box office returns that the previous two movies uh, experienced because uh, it, it kind of cut into it. So Matt, speaking of 1985, what a great year for horror movies because we got Day of the Dead. And uh, just mentioned Return to Living Dead, which is also a great movie. I love that one. Um, Fright Night, Reanimator, Friday the 13th, Part 5, Cat's Eyes, Silver Bullet, and stuff. Fucking fantastic. But anyway, we're not here to talk about other movies. We are here to talk about Day of the Dead. And we're going to talk about uh, that right now. And we're going to start with the good. We're, well, we're going to talk about the good and the bad. And uh, this is where we get to be as broad or as specific as we want. Whatever it is we liked or didn't like, we get to talk about it in full right here. We'll start with the good and as always, we'll start with Mike. So Mike, tell me something good about Day of the Dead.
1: The opening, I liked it. It reminded I me mean, of the helicopter and the uh, those beautiful 80s clothes. It looked like a it looked like an opening for Miami Vice of the A-Team. Mm-hmm. And that Jala zombie, when we finally get to see the name of the movie show up.
0: Yeah. It was so cool. Absolutely. Oh, what a great scene. That is just amazing. The city is uh, wrecked, looks so grungy and dirty. And uh, we get our first... Yeah, that very first zombie walks into the screen in the title shot. And, uh... Yeah. Just... I love that. I don't know how many times I played back that one scene just to see that. Um, So I guess I'll keep going from there because we get that opening scene. And then we get to see all the other zombies, you know, start to uh, notice, start to uh, uh, catch the, uh, the helicopter catches their attention. They start walking towards it. And we just see the whole scale now of this uh, zombie outbreak. And we see that this city is a city of the dead. It is covered, like, completely packed. Nothing but zombies. One of the characters even makes a remark that you know, you're sitting in the helicopter, you can even hear them over the sounds of the engine. And, uh, yeah. Like, it takes no time at all. We're only into the movie, like, a couple minutes, and you get to see what has happened here. That, uh, yeah, humans definitely didn't turn the tide on the zombies. <laughs> Everybody is fucked. <laughs> and, uh, And also sets up that, like, these people have been, like, this has happened, the zombies are no longer fresh. Like, uh, this has been going on for quite some time.
1: Yeah, and they haven't, uh, it would be nice if, you know, crows and other scavengers would be picking these things apart, but, you know, at at one point we even see an alligator in the city, and you think, (laughs) you think he'd be fat on these assholes. But no, he's just, like, they're, he's ignoring them and they're ignoring him.
0: Yeah. One of them did have a severe case of crabs. <laughs> it was pretty much picked down to a skeleton and covered in crabs, but uh, apparently crabs don't, <laughs> crabs don't give a fucks about, any fucks about no zombie.
1: Oh, we, oh, that would have been great. We get to see the zombie, the zombie infestation slowly taken over by an influx in the crab population. <laughs> Like, the crabs are just living good, and then the... Cra- oh, I wonder if the animals become zombies, or if it's just like, no, it's just dead flesh to them. I think so,
0: yeah. But yeah, so, um... So yeah, so uh, that, So we got that opening scene, like, we both love that opening scene and the title scene, so what else you got for the good?
1: Uh, my next note is Harvey Weinstein throwing shell shock really far. <laughs>
0: Okay, explain.
1: <laughs> well, that there's the guy in the base that looks like Harvey Weinstein, a big, goofy, bearded Shrek motherfucker. <laughs> and he throws the guy who's obviously losing his marbles. So I call him Shellshock.
0: Oh yeah, definitely.
1: And uh, at one point they've got this, corral, this zombie corral. And the guy's... He's... Uh... He's losing his grip on these zombies, despite, like, they're putting him to work, despite the fact that he's obviously, like, he's playing with his lip and his beard, he's... Uh, Plus, he looks like he
0: weighs about 80 pounds.
1: Yeah, this guy's got no muscle mass, and he's obviously losing his mind, but instead of giving him any council therapy or, you know, a bullet in the head... Because this guy's now becoming a liability. They put him to work, and surprise, surprise, he's not good at his work anymore. (laughs) And he lets go of a zombie that almost kills a guy. So the commanding officer, again, I call him Weinstein, because he really looks like Harvey Weinstein. He, uh, he picks him up and throws him a a good distance, and that made me laugh.
0: Oh, yeah. He throws him like a fucking lawn (laughs) dart. Yeah. So um yeah that uh, that guy was definitely reaching his breaking point. I mean, he's uh, he's just losing it. Like you can just, he seems like he's the only person that's stressed out in the situation.
1: <laughs> yeah, everyone else has their shit together. Like they've made their peace with it. Like yeah, the world's dead. We're not. Yeah. These are just facts. Like the sky is blue, the grass is green. We're surrounded by the dead. Suck it up, Buttercup.
0: Yeah. And um Okay, so we already I already kind of touched on it a little bit uh, when we talked about the opening scene. But I just want to take a moment just for my uh, next entry on the good column. The look of the zombies in this one. Because in Day of the Dead, i uh, sorry, in Dawn of the Dead, I did mention that as much as I liked the movie, the uh, look of the zombies was actually pretty bad. It was just pretty much people with just like grayish blue face paint. Here they looked good. They were showing visible signs of decay, all kinds of injuries going on. They had like such a mix of zombies, <laughs> like all kinds <laughs> of like all kinds of uh, like costumes, and uh, it just looked really good. Like uh, you can tell how much Tom Savini's uh, craft improved in the uh, time f- from when Dawn of the Dead was filmed until Day of the Dead. And uh, just fantastic. Like, that was what I was waiting for. Those things looked like zombies. Okay, so... I oh,
1: yeah. The, the gore and the uh, the zombie variety
0: mm-hmm.
1: wa- was fantastic. And uh, uh, my next note says the brain zombie is amazing. All the research this guy is doing, like... If they weren't so friggin' pressed, I would have loved to see what this guy was doing. Like, he was giving us great explanations as to uh, what's happening to the zombies. And, you know, this guy could have given us some real answers if he kept his marbles.
0: <laughs> yeah, really.
1: And he wasn't being being shit on by this, by this asshole running the show. But uh, to see a zombie, like, stripped down to a fucking brainstem on a spine. Like, no teeth, no eyes. He can't hunt, so he just sits there, inert, inanimate. But still, you throw a bit of juice in him and... Pssst.
0: Yeah, that's true. Like, something right out of... Uh, well, I mean, the doctor was nicknamed Frankenstein, and that looked like a scene like it could have been right out of a Frankenstein movie. <laughs> so... Uh,
1: it was so, such a great puppet It was, to yeah. see... Like just a human being reduced to their minimum function components. Yeah,
0: so let's let's talk about that. Like uh, since we already talked about look at the zombies and now like that scene because ju- the practical effects in this thing were fantastic. Once again, uh, Tom Savini, you know, heading up the uh, the effects for this one, and man, they were turned up to fucking eleven in this movie. The the gore the look we already mentioned it a bit. The look at the zombies; they look great. Um, uh, the gore in this, any t- any of the bites that you saw, like, holy shit, you could actually see, like, layers of tissue being ripped off <laughs> when people got bitten. Oh,
1: yeah, like, y- you would think you're watching a-, a full-length snuff film.
0: Yeah. The blood looked amazing, like, s- super, like, hyper-realistic, um... Uh, so since we're talking about a gore, let's go into like I know because I know for sure we're both going to have these on our list, but let's talk about some particularly gory scenes where we get to highlight some of this uh, some of the work. Um, the uh, uh, you know stress guy that you talked about, this uh, 80 pound like ball of stress that, <laughs> when he gets bitten on the arm, Uh, because for some reason he decided the best way to uh, take out a zombie was to, like, I don't know, roll into a ball and, like, take out his legs. Um, (laughs) The zombie gets a hold of his arm and just takes a bite out, and, man, when he rips that flesh, holy crap. Not to mention the zombie looked just insanely good, but uh, he gets his arm bitten, and the zombie just tears out the flesh. You can see, like, the layered flesh on his arm, Um, Oh, muscle, sinew. In 1985, and, like, it puts some of the effects I see today, like, uh, in some movies where when you see, like, a zombie bite or anything, uh, this looked so much better than any other thing I've seen up to this point. Um, and same thing when the guy, during the same scene, another one of the, uh, soldiers gets bitten on the neck. And, um... Oh, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, Weinstein, yeah. Harvey Weinstein. He's the guy that gets bitten on the neck when he's trying to ambush.
0: No, no, no. Not that one. The same, exact same scene where this uh, uh, Mr. Stress gets uh, bitten on the arm.
1: Oh, yeah. The guy... You know, he kind of looks like Jason Manzukas. If you've seen him in, like, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, like that guy with the beard.
0: Oh, okay. That, uh, yeah. Well... That was... The guy that uh, played the soldier, anyway, the one that gets bitten, that dies, that uh, Steele uh, sh- shoots him, puts him out of his uh, misery, because he said, tells him, like, uh, you know, I don't want to be one of them. That's actually uh, Greg Nicotero, who is the special effects supervisor on *The Walking Dead*.
1: Oh, so he kept he kept he kept the
0: thing he going. He was actually he, not only did he play the role of uh, the soldier in the movie, but he was also. Uh, He was also uh, the assistant to Tom Savini for the special effects. Damn. So yeah, like, so the guy that does all the gore for The Walking Dead learned his craft from Tom Savini on Day of the Dead.
1: Man, I just love how these movies just, like, not only were they great movies on their own, but the talent that they they brought and spread out into the world. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah, so he was basically, you know, Tom Savini's understudy, which is amazing. So, um, yeah, and, uh, you know, think what you want about The Walking Dead, but one thing The Walking Dead does have is some great special effects. The practical effects, at least. They go a little bit CGI-heavy sometimes, but their practical effects are really well done. And uh,
1: Yeah, there are times when you can't tell the CGI from the practical effects sometimes.
0: And sometimes you very much can. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so the effects in this one are great. Uh, so let's talk about some highlights. We talked about the soldier getting bit on the arm, one getting bit on the throat. Um,
1: uh, when uh, when John Belushi gets
0: <laughs> torn apart. Oh, and his eyeballs, like... You know, his, <laughs> eye, his eyelid gets... His eyelid freaking peeling his eyeball out. Oh, it so beautiful. Bites off his fingers. <laughs>
1: Oh, that, that screaming, howling motherfucker. I was He's so glad He's laughing the see whole time.
0: Uh, we're going to talk about him, because I'm definitely sure we both got uh, him on our list later yeah, on and, as well. Yeah, and it,
1: and, it, and it doesn't belong in the good column.
0: But no, but for the good column, his demise was awesome. He just gets pulled apart. When he, Yeah, they grab his face and start peeling back the, the skin on his face, just below the eye, and all you see is, like, you know, they rip off his eyelid, and all you see is the big bulgy eye. <laughs> So oh, good. I was just
1: thinking, like you got to give Moss air.
0: Yeah, and then there's another one of the soldiers that gets ripped apart, and uh, he gets his head ripped off, slowly, very, <laughs> very oh, slowly. And it as, was like the it was like the thing. It is, yeah. It's like you see, like they're already ripping out his guts, and he's still screaming. He's really screaming after he's been decapitated. What? His this, head is still screaming. This is, and okay, <laughs> I gotta mention about the scream. Because do you actually notice the sound of the scream about how it gets higher and higher pitched as, like, they pull his head off? Yeah. Okay, so I actually had some some information on this. The reason why Tom Savini said he did it this way, because he said you'll notice that, yeah, he's still screaming after his head pulled up, but his um, esophagus and larynx are still attached. And the reason why his scream gets higher pitched as they're pulling his head back is because his uh his voice box his larynx is getting stretched out. <laughs> so it makes his scream that's what I was thinking. It makes his scream higher pitched and I'm like when I read this I'm like Tom Savini you are a twisted <laughs> motherfucker man to even think of adding that. <laughs> and you and he actually says yeah you'll see that you'll see that uh he keeps screaming until his, like, the uh, the freaking, like, esophagus f- f- connecting his head to his body detaches. Once that detaches, the screaming stops.
1: <laughs> yeah, because he's still screaming. It's just that he has no air in him to do it. Yeah.
0: I'm like, that is so disturbingly amazing. <laughs> if why you would even add that detail into the death. But so cool. And, uh, yeah, we get uh, another great, great scene where Steel... You know, that uh, he, one of the chief assholes, uh, takes himself out after he gets bitten. And, uh... Oh, yeah,
1: just, just, like, the way everything just immediately falls apart because of shell shock. Yeah. But that's not... that. Does, I, I don't... Like, I would... I'd like to get into that, but it doesn't belong in the good column.
0: Yeah. So, yes, yeah, so let's, uh... And... So he takes himself... That was a pretty basic death, because he just, you know, bites a bullet. Yeah. Um, but, okay, so so since we're talking about the gore, we got to talk about the best death scene in the whole movie, possibly in the series so far. And that is Captain Rhodes' death, death scene.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, that leads me to... Well, my... Uh, I guess I will say it's my final like, but right before then, I just want to say, finally somebody in a movie needs water to take their pills. <laughs> I mean, like, how many times do you see someone just like, oh, I've got a pill the size of my fucking thumb. I'm just going to pop it in and, oh. yep. like, how many, how many people's throats are that moist right off the bat <laughs> that you can just take a dry object and swallow it? Mm-hmm. But no, this one, when she pops a pill, she goes to the water fountain and drinks it. And I'm just like, yes, finally someone remembers how pills
0: work. <laughs> yeah.
1: But yeah, the best, like Captain Rhodes' death, i the the, the cause of his death mm-hmm. is well, my final like...
0: Yeah, so, so since we're leading up to that, do we want to talk about Bub first?
1: That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay, go for it. My final like is Bub. (laughs) From his joy to his grief, you feel for this guy. And in every other movie, a zombie is just a shambling piece of meat. It's just like, it's a threat. It is just awful and bad and wrong. But when there's Bub, you see joy. You see a childlike innocence. Mm -hmm. You see someone who actually wants a friend. Someone who, I guess either they fed him enough, like I guess if you feed a zombie enough they become docile. Or just, you know, just spending time with him. Bub cares. Yeah, And he loves, he laughs, he cries. And and you feel it right there with him. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. What I got from it was kind of like with Bub was because he's being fed. Um, I kind of I guess it's kind of like an animalistic type of thing, like an animal. They're not going to hurt you because you're their source of food. Like you're actually bringing them food. So, and besides the fact that his like you know the whole thing about Logan's speech about he's being rewarded. You know, so he's gets a reward for doing a good job, and he's going to expect a reward. Um, but yeah, so I like this, because it got kind of touched on very briefly in Dawn of the Dead about them showing up to the mall, you know, one of the characters mentions um just about the, you know, it's some like bit of memory about who they used to be, that this place was important to them so they keep coming back to the mall It gets explored much more deeply in this one with uh, Dr. Logan's experiments with Bub um And you kind of know right off the bat, too, I think from the first time I saw this movie, it was no surprise that uh, when he talks about reward, I'm like, he's feeding them people. What else? Yes. What else? Like, I mean, I don't.
1: You can't give a zombie a chocolate bar or (laughs) or pieces
0: of other zombies. Yeah, so, um, so, yeah, so that was no shock to me. But, uh, yeah, Bub, like, was such a lovable character.
1: Yeah, who knew a zombie could be so endearing? hmm I mean, when you see him get that cassette, and, like, the guy, like, he's got his finger in front of him, and you just think, oh, Bob's just gonna bite that fucking finger. But no, he just watches the finger go down and follows his own finger, presses the button, and when he hears the music, he's just filled with such joy and bliss. Yeah. He's like, oh, pretty, uh, <laughs> without, like
0: pretty sound. Without saying without saying a word, Bub might have been like the most uh, expressionful, uh, most uh, expressionless character in the show, in the movie.
1: Oh yeah, he had like the clearest, most sensible, and reliable motivations. Yeah, in the entire, he was the best character in this movie to me. Yes, he he was pure and he was innocent.
0: So now that we talked about Bub. Um, we got to talk about the best uh death scene in this movie which was captain asshole's death uh caused by bub because bub is pissed because you know his only friend that he had uh gets taken out and he's angry Uh,
1: when you first saw this movie how sad were you when you saw bub cry Oh, he
0: was so yeah, man. I, it's it's so silly when you think about it cuz we were watching this movie about the zombie that's getting mad cuz you know, getting upset. But like yeah, like once again like the the guy that played Bub, like he But the yeah, that, that song says everything underst- in his facial expressions. Yeah. Oh, that he understood
1: death when he saw the guy lying there that he wasn't thinking like, "Oh, you're going to get up." Like like he knew mm-hmm. he's not going to get up. He's not gonna share music with me anymore. He's not gonna he's not gonna talk to me. He's not gonna read to me.
0: Yeah. And when it's he first sees him, like anymore. he's still got the chain around his neck and he's got like the he's got the end of the chain in his hand and he's like kinda of pointing at it, like the end, like almost like he's saying, Hey, look what I did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I figured out how to take the <laughs> chain off.
1: Uh, but when Bub cried, like just that look of sadness on his face when he realized the guy was dead. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, ah, oh. like I, I, I teared. I, I didn't quite saw, but you know, I, I felt a little choked up.
0: Yeah. And, um, yeah, so that leads to after all the other soldiers have been taken out by the horde of zombies, <laughs> uh, great scene yeah, so. as well. Uh, the elevator coming down with all the, all the zombies, like the platform oh. elevator. <laughs> and none of them
1: ever thought, Hey, how about we just jam the elevator or, you know, send it back up. Yeah. The No, everybody it. just
0: fucking flips out. Especially one zombie falls off the elevator almost at the end. <laughs> oh, <that would laughs> he just be does great. like a total, like, t- bam. face plant. <laughs> face plant. <laughs> I'm like, I hope that wasn't intended. I hope that wasn't some stuntman. It's just some asshole just fell off the elevator. <laughs> he got shoved off and bam. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Uh, yeah, so the whole bunker gets flooded with the zombies. So good to see all these zombies. Uh, marching through here takes it all the soldiers and we get to one bleth, uh captain asshole and Bub is the Bub doesn't take him out but he's the reason he gets taken out because Bub we see later we see earlier is, <laughs> remembers how to use a gun which is a zombie with a gun that's <laughs> that that's a, a, a great concept right there um yep
1: uh, he keep he keeps popping him and his aim is not too bad. No. He's not hitting anything and vital, but something he, else. he's fucking him S- up.
0: Yeah, and something else I want to say about the scene, uh, that's definitely got to go on the good list. Uh, finally, someone in a movie gets shot and reacts to it like they actually got shot. Because he gets hit in the back, like in the shoulder, and you can actually see like his whole arm goes numb like he's got nerve damage. <laughs> he's just like, yeah. he's walk trying to walk, and uh, one like one side has completely gotten numb. He's got to lean against the wall to keep himself upright, and he's just like kind of pushing himself along. And I'm like, see, this is the realistic reaction to being shot. Yeah, and
1: he's like, ah, ah you fucking
0: zombie, ah, you fucking
1: creep, dumb dumb. Makes ah. it, makes it. Like, he's just, ah, oh. you puss fuck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm gonna make a resolution to call more people puss fucks in my day to day life. Um, so he makes it he he makes it down the corridor but Bub's got him in his sight thinks for a second he's maybe gonna escape opens up the door to like she's must have been like 150 zombies right outside the door (laughs) just a wall of hands coming and grabbing him he screams turns around tries to get away and Bob just plugs
1: him, <laughs> gives him one more pop to send him into the horde,
0: and as he gets pulled into his doom, he gets a salute from Bob. <laughs> yeah, Bob salutes him <laughs> before walking away and never to be seen again, except in an episode of The Walking Dead. Yeah, they did do. A, they've done a lot of uh, a lot of George Romero tributes in. Uh, in uh, The Walking Dead. Yeah. They did a Flyboy... Uh, Flyboy, or... F- yeah, Flyboy, right? They did a uh, Flyboy zombie in one episode. Uh, they did a Bub zombie. And... Um, Wasn't it
1: the actual actor? It was actually Bub. Oh, it
0: was? Oh, wow. Okay, I yeah. thought it was a tribute to him, but no, it was so... You know what? I'm going to say it's canon, and that's uh, that's actually Bub. <laughs> yeah. Um, that is pretty cool. So... Yeah, but, oh my god, so he gets shot for the final time, still alive though, Bub didn't shoot him in the head or anything, you know. He's still alive when the zombies grab him, and literally rip him in half. Tear him in half, like, while the horde of zombies, the main horde, is like munching on his top half. (laughs) He's still alive, mind you, while, from the way... (laughs) He's torn in half from the waist down, and his bottom half is being <laughs> dragged away by like two other zombies.
1: <laughs> and he's saying, "Choke on it, you fuckers! <laughs> Choke, Choke on it.
0: it!" And he's, oh my god, such a good scene. And uh, a lot of people don't know this, but I gotta say something about the scene that uh, I read. So apparently, to save some time, um, for the the entrails that you see and, during the ending scene. Uh, Instead of making up a bunch of entrails, Tom Savini got lazy and just got a bunch of entrails from like a, uh, uh, like pig entrails from a butcher market or something. (laughs) And um, the day before they were supposed to film that scene, put it in the fridge. So, you know, keep them cool. So when they go to use them, they'll be all ready to go. Um, And they won't and they won't be attracting flies. Yeah, but uh, put them in a fridge that turned out not to be plugged in. So he got this bucket of festering pig guts left in the fridge, and because they were on a tight schedule, he just said, "Fuck it, we're using them." Uh, so Ugh. filled up the fake, you know, the, the fake uh, Rhodes body with the actual real rotting pig guts, <laughs> ripped it apart. Um, long story short, when they yelled "cut" on that scene, uh, everybody in that scene ran uh, ran away, gagging. From the smell. <laughs> so that is freaking awesome. So that was actually real gut you see in uh, Road Surmise. And uh, yeah, just a good scene. And then we get, you know, just loads more gore. Because we get to see the zombies in a big feeding frenzy for the next five minutes.
1: Including the clown zombie. Yep. And the football zombie. Ah.
0: Uh. <laughs> I love the picture you sent me of the clown zombie. Does this taste funny to you? <laughs> um, so, I wonder if he. Ta- I wonder if he tasted funny. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> um, shit. So yeah, great gore. Get to see one <laughs> one zombie it's like a pile of like guts and limbs on a cart and is pushing it around. <laughs> It's like a little trolley, a little wheel trolley. And he's got like a big pile of guts on it and it's just like pushing it down the hallway. <laughs>
1: he's, he's craft services.
0: Oh my God, that was so good. Instead of like just eating there, he just like, I'll, uh, I'll just save these for later. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that, just the gore, like all those scenes, so gory and just so good. The zombie kills as well were all really good. Uh, Thomas Vini, this is like, the highlight of his work it is so amazing um so yeah so you said that was the end of your good list yep okay i got one more thing to mention because since it came up in the other two movies finally it took three movies but george romero finally wrote a female character that wasn't useless
1: Hmm, for the most part.
0: Come on, she wasn't a bad
1: character. She, uh, I mean, like, we'll get to the bad part. I'll wait for the bad part to, you know, she was like 80% good, 20% fucking
0: Awful. Okay, well, I'll agree to that. She certainly wasn't a perfect character, but at least, you know, it wasn't some, like, weak, hysterical woman like all like every other woman he's written into his movies.
1: <laughs> no, that was her boyfriend.
0: <laughs> yeah. He was a bit crazy, yeah. But you know what? That In a zombie apocalypse, that would probably be me. Completely losing it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we talked about the... Uh, we, we talked about good. We mentioned the gore, some great kill scenes... Uh, some char- good characters. So uh, yeah, if you're ready to go into the bad, then I am too. So, shall I start off with the bad? Sure. Rickles.
1: You mean that was that the Belushi guy?
0: Yes. Oh, oh f- my fuck. god. Have there been? There's not many more characters in movies more annoying than this guy. His laugh... No, this th- this guy was the
1: evil Ed of the movie. Oh,
0: yeah. Evil Ed wasn't as bad. And I hated evil Ed. But, oh, wow. Everything, no matter what, it wasn't... The things he would say wouldn't be, like, remotely funny. And he had this crazy, maniacal laugh after everything he said. Just please. I, I was right from the first time I saw this movie, somebody please shoot that guy.
1: And Yeah, you think somebody would tell him, hey, act like a fucking human being.
0: And um I, I don't even know what to call him. He was like Steel's little pet monkey. I think that's what I got <laughs> I, that's what I gotta put in my notes as. How,
1: a howler monkey.
0: Yeah. Like Steel was bad enough, but like this guy and even, even in death, like, he actually went out laughing like that.
1: Uh, I was just like, well, at
0: least he'll quit screaming.
1: Eventually.
0: Yeah. So, I had to put that down. Oh my god, I don't know why... why I Like, I understand that the reason why that character is there, so you would hate him, so that you'll enjoy his brutal death even more, but... Yeah it really like did it have to be that over the top
1: no it just seems like a mark against the movie if you need to make a lightning rod for for the audience's hate yeah i think that you've lost confidence in your movie Mm -hmm. like you shouldn't like you should have characters that are likable or at least unrelatable and understandable rather than just being like well we need to have some character for the audience to hate does the audience need to really hate a character to, to enjoy a movie? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like, Darth Vader, great villain. Do you have to hate him? No, you understand him.
0: And Darth Vader, it turns out, like later, he's a bit of a sympathetic character when you understand what exactly happened. Um, you can have a bit of sympathy for him. But like this guy was just like, no, he's there to annoy you it's already like a tense situation it feels the whole movie setting where they're underground feels claustrophobic um i can certainly stand every understand everybody being on edge and then you got to put up with this shithead as well
1: yeah like even count dracula like he you don't have to like anything about him or even sympathize with him but at least you can respect him yeah like he's a like he's a creature of singular purpose and intent this guy was just fucking
0: chaos and annoyance and, you I mean, you can have an asshole character. I mean, like, Rhodes and Steels were assholes. But they didn't drive you, like, you, I mean, like, they were really a danger. They were bullies. Uh, yeah,
1: they drove the plot or, yeah. you know, emotion in a scene.
0: This guy was just an annoyance through and through. And really was a turnoff. So, okay, what else? You, we talked about Rickles, that stupid fuck. So what else you got for the bad?
1: Uh, the first thing I put down which I guess we we glossed over before was the gator should be fat <laughs> I mean seriously these things aren't gonna fight back it's not like they're gonna like these aren't the type of zombies that would fight back against a shark so like they wouldn't fight back against the gator you think that he would be you know he'd be just li- the gators would be living it up on these things but no but uh I would ask. And this is a, a thing that I've seen in so many zombie movies. Why doesn't anyone with a spear just walk along the fence, clearing it? Like, just shoving it through into the zombies' heads and just letting them pile up. Then when you're done with the pile, you send it somewhere else. Yep. Like, I'm useless. But in an apocalypse, that's at least a job I would do. <laughs> just just run along the fences, cleaning them up, stop us from getting swarmed. Because what happens, the fences always get knocked down or someone breaks open the chain and the horde gets in. You know what? If you just dealt with the horde through a safe, manageable barrier, guess what? Door opens, who's coming through nothing because they're already dead.
0: Yeah. Yep, you're uh, you're absolutely right. Like It just seemed ridiculous because you're like, oh, the activity excites them. We don't have enough bullets to go up there and <coughs> shoot them all. Yeah, okay, don't shoot them then. Make a couple of makeshift spears, like sharpen out the end of a metal, uh, just a metal rod or metal, like a piece of rebar even and go out and start, st- like start stabbing some heads. So yeah, that was, uh, I agree, absolutely. And uh, it's just, it's just people, like the, the people have been in this this situation long enough that they should be smarter about how to handle the zombies. And uh, oh, that leads into the fr- something I've got on my uh, bad list is the amount of ammunition these people waste taking out zombies. Uh, first of all, like, I mean, like I said, they've been living in the zombie apocalypse for quite a while. They're fully aware, uh, like, this is not new information that you have to destroy the brain. They're sh- Yeah, and it's not and they're
1: military trained yeah. with close quarters combat training so when they get take when they get attacked in the mine at first when uh, shell shock loses his grip you think with three soldiers there nobody should have gotten bit yeah they all have close quarters combat training they all have marksman training but what happens when the shithead that gets bit fires his weapon all over the place killing another one of his guys mm-hmm. and chaos reigns supreme when it None of these people, like these military guys, are dropping like morons. It's like they aren't a trained yeah. combatant. Like I'm
0: pretty sure if I was in that situation, I'm there, you know, close quarters with a zombie, but I got a gun, I'm fine, no worries. I got it taken. I got the situation taken care of.
1: Even if you're out of ammo, guess what? You can still club them with yeah. the fucking gun. I
0: can just avoid them. I mean, like Jesus, they're slow as shit. Like they're not exactly. uh They're not that maneuverable. You can avoid them, if nothing else. (laughs) But, yeah, like, uh, just... And... Trained military uh, personnel, uh, armed to the teeth, and how are they shooting? Are they picking up, you know, like, zooming in? Like, uh, not zooming in, but, like, picking, like, a target, shooting for the zombie's head, making sure they're making clean, accurate shots? No, no. Shooting from the hip, spray and pray method. Just, you know... (laughs) Yeah, you think that they would shooting into a swarm at waist height.
1: Yeah, you think that they'd be adjusting their guns to like short bursts to save ammo yes. and uh and conserve and like keep their grouping right. But no, they're spraying all over the place, and it's like, have you not killed a fucking zombie before? Like tight controlled burst, like maybe a th- like maybe a three shot burst in the head, bam.
0: Yeah, I'm like, okay. Well, I think we've established that uh, the last movie all of these people saw was Rambo, because all just like holding their guns at their hip and just spraying away. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah.
1: You're supposed to be professionals. You know your, gun- your guns have sights on them. You have jag offs.
0: Especially since we saw, um, I can't remember the guy's name, the black guy, the helicopter pilot, when he had Rhodes pistols. Right. He was making great shots, taking his time, lining up for the head. Shooting them from a distance, no problem. Give him a machine gun, and all of a sudden he's just like, "Oh, this is how you shoot it. You hold it at your hip and just, just like kind of uh, spin back and forth, like a like a lawn sprinkler."
1: Yeah, even when even when the horde came in through the elevator, you think all these guys would be like, "Wait a second, we're soldiers with guns, yeah, and we have experience."
0: Before, like
1: by the time that elevator got to the bottom. There would at least be at, le- at least a third of them would have been gone. Three guys or be or be left.
0: Three guys there with machine guns before the elevator hit the ground. You could have they could have had like I would say close to half of those zombies taken out.
1: Yeah, and then just lead them down the hallway, just drawing them out in uh, through a corridor, popping, dropping them, make them stumble over each other. Like, the, like, there's no reason humanity should have fallen, let alone this base.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely.
1: So, uh, you know, that leads me to uh, my next dislike. Harvey Weinstein and John Belushi. More screams than a season of Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> I mean, like, even that fat-bearded ogre motherfucker, he's, he's hooting and hollering. When they're driving down the uh, the the the, uh, the corridor with that gate, mm-hmm. they're just like going woo! They're going to the cafeteria, just screaming and hollering like some good old boys, just like that, just like fucking uh, what was it, Roger? No, uh, Paul? What was the guy from uh, the mall? Uh,
0: the guy that got bitten, uh, yeah. Roger? Yeah.
1: Roger, he got bit again. Another fucking idiot hooting and hollering like, "What is up with the white people in the apocalypse?" Every time you see a black move, a black guy in these movies, he's the sensible, calm, reason- reasoning one.
0: Yeah, they need to uh, <laughs> really need to relax. Like uh, once again, just uh, like, just steals uh, steel and Rickles, just like such an annoying uh, pair of characters.
1: Uh, you know. In contrast, I love that. I love that Jamaican pilot. Yeah, he has like he even has like he's got his trailer, which is decked out, calling calling it the Ritz, and it looks fucking great. It looks resplendent. And when he's uh, trying to comfort, uh, what's her name? Mm-hmm. What is her name in this movie? Um, woman. Yep. <laughs> so when he's speaking to woman, and he's you know, she she's uh she's drinking and she's just saying like she doesn't want to talk and he gives her just like this beautiful pearl of wisdom. It take more energy to keep quiet than speak your mind. And I was just like, That's that's brilliant. Like there's a brilliant guy and then he's surrounded by a bunch of psycho honkies. It's just <laughs> not Oh, okay. What about you? Any more bads?
0: I don't think so. Like uh there's dialogue is not great, but I mean it's it's okay. It's uh better than the dialogue in the uh the first two movies as far as I'm concerned. But
1: Yeah, it takes it takes a turn or two and especially when the guy calls him like a jungle bunny head. Yeah. Like fuck. Like do you need to have racism in every movie?
0: Yeah. So, uh, it's not great, the acting, what do you think about the acting in this? Did you think it was a step up from, uh, the other two, or about the same?
1: Uh, it was two extremes.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: the, the wacko, annoying assholes, and then there was, uh, Shellshock, who, again, why was he even tolerated? The second he lost his marbles, you think, okay, we're gonna put him in quarantine for, uh, about, uh, about two weeks, just, you know, give him time to calm down, get to normalize, give him time to regulate. And if he doesn't, if he's permanently broken, then, you know, you gotta you gotta put a bullet in him and move on.
0: Yeah. He was the worst actor, as far as I'm concerned, because he just, uh... Every, every <laughs> line he ga- gave sounded very forced. How do you express discomfort? Scream! Yeah.
1: Well, w- well, what about emotion? Like, let your voice crack a little. You mean, like, Screaming? No, like, how about, like, just, you know, like, let your voice quiver a bit when I'm screaming.
0: No. Yeah. He used to respond to things like you would swear he was a teenage girl. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was just, uh, his lines were very forced. Once again, I mean, there's no stellar actors in these, uh, in any of these movies. But, uh.
1: The Jamaican pilot I he liked. He was
0: that, actually. Oh, and that, and that Irish actor. Mm-hmm. I
1: can't imagine the zombies ever going for him. That guy was just fucking bones.
0: <laughs> yeah, he is a uh, pretty tiny guy. Holy crap. Him him, and uh, Mr. Stress, I don't know who was the tiniest out of those. But he had some good lines, though. <laughs> it's like, when he's talking about the, the, the condition of the radio, you know, he, he's the uh, radio operator, he's the tech guy, and there's, he's saying, like, he can't, you know, contact anyone, and they're like, well you know, why not? Why don't you uh, you fix it? And he's talking about the conditions of the radio, and one of the soldiers says, well, how about you lay off the fucking booze and fix the fucking radio? <laughs> and he's like, well, if we're down here any fucking longer, I will have to lay off the fucking booze, because there won't be any fucking booze left! <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that. Like, I mean, not delivered great, like, like he's not a great actor, but just a line. like, he did do that line well. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so it vacillates between horrible acting characters and one or two people that do get you to go along with them. Like, you believe... Like, I, I'd have to say the Doctor was a great actor because he genuinely gave you the the sense that he's... You know, he may be a brilliant person, but he's also completely detached from the reality of his situation. Yeah. I mean, like, when you see him, like, his eyes opening and his voice quivering like you can tell like he's like he's reluctant like he's reluctant to admit what's happened and you can tell that he's you know he's cracked
0: Mm -hmm. yeah that is true
1: like there has to be a reward i mean without reward there's there's no civility and it it must it must be rewarded (laughs)
0: I liked, uh, even though he's very over the top, not the, the doctor, but, uh, Captain Rhodes. Um, uh, Joe, uh, Joe Pilato. Yep. He's so over the top, but, like, I did like it, though. He's so fucking intense.
1: His Wikipedia page, if you see him now, he looks like a mercenary. Yeah,
0: He's like, he never lost that look. Um... It's just like funny, like especially when uh, the first scene when you see him and Dr. Logan interact when they're having a the meeting and Doctor Logan shows up late. And uh he keeps like yelling at Logan and Logan keeps cutting him off and saying, Is there food? <laughs> and he's like I'm ready this shit show now, Dr. Frankenstein He's so it's angry. A-
1: like, it's like you're watching two inmates in an asylum argue over who's the king of the cafeteria. I'm
0: watching this. is like any moment, he's going to start ripping off his shirt. <laughs> just tearing it open and start beating his chest. Just, oh, my God. He is so intense. He is, it is cra- absolutely crazy. So... We're talking about the bad. We're going into the good, <laughs> what we liked about it. So we obviously like this movie. <laughs> We're talking about the bad. Do you have anything else for your for your, the bad list? Uh, no, I'm good. You know, um, What did you think about the music in this one?
1: I liked it. Very, it was... Very
0: 80s. Uh,
1: yeah. And it really like we heard the robot chicken theme before in the mall, but it was kinda like, you know, vague. But this time when we see the uh the zombie getting chained up in the lab and they turn off the lights, then you really hear that da 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 Yeah. I'm like, alright, now it's solidified. Yeah, that's true. Okay, well,
0: yeah, I don't have a lot uh, bad to say about this. I think we mentioned just a couple annoying characters. Once again, like all of these movies, acting, for the most part, not great. Some is a little sketchy. Uh, but overall, like, I mean, that those are... It, it's minor. Like, overall, I definitely enjoyed this movie. Uh, I totally agree with the 80% rating. I'd give it between 75 and 80. Uh Mostly for the zombies and the gore in this one. I think they did a great job. So, if there's nothing else for the bad, I guess we're going to go to the what the fuck category. But uh, the one thing I had for the what the fuck, I already talked about it, and it is about the, uh, the stretched out larynx.
1: <laughs> and uh, me, it's just. Uh, you know, I'm just wondering what is up with this girl's dreams? Like, what the fuck is the hand wall?
0: Oh, yeah. The hand wall thing I kind of get. Like, it's just because your mind kind of makes, you know, dreams are always kind of weird.
1: Yeah, you're surrounded by the dead. But then we see at the end when she escapes the silo. And she runs with the helicopter and then she gets attacked by a zombie in the helicopter and then wakes up. It was a dream memory?
0: Yeah, thing, I... Because
1: she's on the island?
0: I didn't like that. Actually, I should have scrolled down a little further because I actually did have that in my bad list. Uh, that ending mm, always left me with... Always made me go, yeah. Because... Okay, so it was obviously, I mean, you know, it's showing that they did escape in the helicopter or whatever, but that uh, the dream ending where she opens up the helicopter doors and zombie hands grab her, and then she wakes up. they think, okay, so what did this actually all happen what we saw or w- was it just a memory or did she just dream that? Uh, it's
1: <laughs> dreaming while running to the helicopter. Yeah. From the zombie apocalypse that her fucking boyfriend brought on because, oh my god, she. He gets bit, she cuts off his arm, tries to save him, and how does he reward her thinking of him? He opens up the fucking fence yeah. and lets all those. zombies not Oh, not normally uh, And then yeah. he curls up in the fetal position, hits the button once they surround him to bring it into the base. Like, he is actively sabotaging. He's not, like, chaotically moving. He has just decided, I need to murder us all. Yeah, It's
0: like, I'm going to kill myself. That's how
1: he rewards the girl who defended him. I'm
0: going to kill myself and kill everyone else along the way.
1: So. Uh, I mean, again, like I, I would have, I see, like I, I would have seen that coming to like some degree of recklessness, but you know, this was just malicious intent. Mm. Like every time she showed him some compassion, or she didn't put up with his bullshit, she tried to set up like boundaries with him, or you know, sedate him, give him a good night's sleep, and he's just like, oh fuck you, you bitch, you don't tell me what to do, and it's like, well, yeah, someone has to because you can't do it anymore, you are broke.
0: <laughs> so yeah, so that's absolutely I agree and I didn't have anything else for what the fuck so I guess that's it for the uh, for the actual movie details so I I have a feeling we've already talked about it but I'm going to ask you anyway what would be your choice for your little segment
1: Uh, there's so many beautifully justified Grizzly ends on this week's kill of the week. We've got the doctor who, after realizing how he's rewarding his patients, gets dispatched with, again, way too many bullets. Like, you think that you want to kill the doctor, you don't want him coming back, bang, one shot in the head. But no, they empty an entire clip into Mm. him. Which is not really justified, but it does set the impetus for Bub. But I gotta say, like, as much as I love seeing those soldiers, those fucking hateful soldiers, each one of them meeting their end, the it, it's gotta go to Bub. Bub taking out Rhodes. Mm-hmm. He he stalks him. He gets he almost gets dropped by by Steel, aka Weinstein. Who's sneaking up on him, about to put a bullet in him, but then Bub gets defended by fate, as another zombie bites Rhodes, and then he ends up killing himself. But so he stalks down Rhodes, Steel, pops right? him in pop, yeah, still gets, still gets bitten in the neck yeah. before he can ambush Bub. So then Bub keeps wandering down the halls with his with his gun that he remembers how to use. And he finds Rhodes and he just stalks him, hounding him maliciously. Like, again, a soldier somehow doesn't have a gun, can't take out Bub. But you don't want to face off against Bub because his aim is true. And he just guns this guy down bit by bit, weakening him, shooting him in the leg, shooting him in the hip, the back. And then finally popping him in the gut once he's opened up the door and sending him into the horde. And then finishing him off with a smile and a salute because bub loves he cries and he holds a fucking grudge (laughs) yep so bub 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 is the kill of the week he's just amazing well he bub led two people to their death one who got killed trying to ambush him and the other one who got killed being his prey so it was a double dose
0: yeah, it it was good. Like, I, I totally agree. That was a great one. um, One of the best death scenes ever with Rhodes Demise. Like, that's just so good. It's a great job. So, I gotta say, this whole thing about trying to teach a zombie, you know, like, how to kind of re-educate, teach him new skills, I gotta say, I... <laughs> I know you liked it, but I think it was a pretty stupid idea, to be quite honest. Uh, are, are, are we on this again? Yeah, we're on this again because it's dumb, Mike. It's a bad idea. Uh, look, simple people can be taught to do
1: good things. And, you know, I mean, like, like look Romero, he did helper monkeys. So, you know, just because something can't talk anymore doesn't mean it can't be productive.
0: Uh, yeah, actually, I think we've pretty much... Pr- we actually have proof that it uh, is not at all productive, and... God damn it, you're just not letting no, go. No, I'm not letting it go. People need to know about this, okay? And I honestly think... And you know what? No, they're going to know about it, because I'm going to use it for this week's segment. Oh, no, Yo, yes, not. I am. Yes. Get your fucking hand away from the projector! Go! No, get I'm... This, fucking, is, no, go. Go. this is... It's going to be this go. week's... No, no, get away! It's gonna be this week's. It came from the cutting room floor! It, uh, it's not coming from the cutting room floor, you fuck! Uh, get uh, off the button! Ah! Uh, there!
1: Hey, Mike. Hey, Jolin.
0: Uh, <laughs> what the hell is that? Oh! That's my helper zombie.
1: I named him Bub. You know, like the movie. Uh, helper
0: zombie? What the hell are you talking about? Why is there a zombie in the studio? Well, I took
1: a little inspiration from Dawn of the Dead, you know, getting zombies to remember things from their life. And I took it a step further. I've actually taught this guy some new skills. New skills? What new skills? I thought you'd never ask. Say hello to the graveyard shift's new sound editor. What? I taught him how to use editing software. Now he can edit all of our audio and leave me with some free time. How? It's all about reward. We can teach them pretty much anything, but they must be rewarded. If, they're, if, they're, if there's no reward, then how can we expect them to... Wait, wait, wait. Okay, what kind of reward? Well, you know, they're simple people, so food and stuff.
0: Food? Hey, you've been standing sideways the whole time I've been here. Yeah, I've got a nice profile. I like to show it off. Turn around.
1: No, I... I don't want to. Turn? No. Mike, turn around. I don't want to. Turn, turn around.
0: Turn, let go! Ah! Oh shit! Your arm is missing! You cut
1: your arm off and fed it to the zombie! I know it looks bad, but it'll totally be worth it. Just listen to his first edited track. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Mike, that was awful.
1: Okay, so more training will be needed. Okay, hold out your leg. No! Come on, be a team player. Get, no, get away! Stay the hell away from me! It'll be quick! No! I- No! Get get st- no! Oh,
0: whoa. Oh well. <laughs> now he's dead. Or deader. Whatever. You know, Mike, it's for the best. He was starting to stink up the place. All that work! And I still need to edit the show myself! Yeah. And thanks to your stupid idea, now you have to do it with one arm. Um, maybe you should do it. <laughs> me? Trust me, dude. It'd be faster if you did it yourself with one arm.
1: That's what she said! <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that's why you don't have a helper zombie. Yeah, well, we could've. Yeah, well, I think hopefully you learned your lesson. What am I saying? You never learned your lesson. Fucker. It... Like <laughs> eh... By the way, good, great job on getting a new arm.
1: Oh, thanks, I got it on loan from Dr. West. Oh God. <laughs>
0: uh, so, guys, that is Day of the Dead. Um, all in all, I fully recommend it. Uh, great third entry to the series. Uh, good to see it at the point. At this point, you know the series was just a trilogy, and it was good to see a, uh, a trilogy that didn't end on a crappy note. It was actually pretty good. Um. So what did you think of the movie? Did you agree with what we had to say? Did uh, Were we way off? Did you have some points that uh, you want to talk about that we missed? Well, you've got your chance to voice your opinion. You can contact us a number of ways. You can, first of all, do it the old-fashioned way and send us an email. Uh, send an email to graveyardshiftpod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at GYS underscore pod um, You can ch- uh, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Graveyard Shift Pod. And also now, uh, just recently, you can also check us out on Instagram. Just go Instagram.com slash graveyard shift pod. So and uh, it's a great way to use those methods if you have a movie you want us to cover on the show. Just send us a message either one of those ways and let us know what movie you want us to talk about. If you're feeling particularly generous, you can make a donation to the show to help us keep up with administrative costs through our Patreon page. Just go to patreon.com graveyard. Uh, For as little as $1 a month, you can help us out with some of those uh, production fees. Plus, it gives you access to some Patreon-exclusive content. Once a month, we put up a brand new Patreon-only episode that only our Patreon donors can have a listen to. So if you can't get enough of us, you can go check that out. Um, And we totally understand if you don't have the money to give us money... But that's okay. You can still help us out a ton by rating, reviewing, uh, rating, reviewing. What the hell? Yeah, rate, review, subscribe. Why am I <laughs> not brain good? Um, <laughs> you can rate, review, subscribe, whichever way you find our show, whether it's uh, through our Podbean website or on iTunes, on Stitcher, Google Play, whatever the case is. Through, I'm sure there's some kind of rating, subscribing system. Just help us out there. And if none of that is possible, you can still help us out by sharing us on social media or just sharing us by word of mouth. If you know anyone that uh, you think would be interested in the show, let them know about us. We greatly appreciate it. And Mike, if people can't get enough of you, even with all those ways, how can they hear more of what you have to say?
1: Well, you can check out the Playing With Power podcast, the unofficial Nintendo Power retrospective, where me and my co-host Ben read an issue of Nintendo Power magazine from front to back. We talk about the player's pulse, the artwork, the gameplay. It's pretty darn good. We also have a show on that feed called The Taste Test with Ivan and Brandon, where we take apart a uh, an old Nintendo game... And decide whether we would substitute anything for it or if we would come back for seconds or send it back. And also coming up, well, I got a little announcement. We're bringing back my very first show, Technobabble, on the Geek Fallout Productions uh, podcast feed. So if you want to find it, you type it in there. Because it used to be a, uh, a network with a whole bunch of shows on it. But we're keeping the name and just uh, making new episodes of my science, of my science and technology show, Technobabble, which is pretty much this, except we talk about amazing things that are being invented or uh, beautiful breakthroughs in science.
0: Wow! So people, you can get a whole lot of Mike. It's like uh, <laughs> yeah. it's like an actual like it's a Mike smorgasbord, guys. I'm sorry, we're really excited. First of all, I just want to say, guys, you have all been great. Uh, our Patreon donors. Uh, they've really come through. There's been a lot. Our Patreon has increased a lot. Got a lot more donors. We really do appreciate it. Thank you so much. Can't believe how how grateful we are for you guys. But just our regular listeners too. Um, our average downloads have climbed a lot in the past couple of weeks. Uh, Twitter followers, Facebook followers, Instagram followers. Everything has been going up, and we can't thank you enough. And some things we can't talk about, but one thing we can talk about, we confirmed it today, that we are going to have a guest on uh, an episode in the near future. We don't have an exact time just yet, but we do know we have got a guest confirmed, and it is none other than the founder of Troma Entertainment, Mr. Lloyd Kaufman, is going to be joining us on the show. (laughs) <laughs> Mike's very excited, as you can tell. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Yeah, yeah so that's great. We just got the news literally um, only a couple of hours before we started recording this episode. And uh, thanks. I'm still tingling. Yeah, it was pretty crazy because it all started with just a tweet with somebody saying like, "Hey, uh, tweeted to Lloyd Kaufman, you should be on this show, the Graveyard Shift." And he basically tweeted back, said, "Hey." Email our, uh, you know, our publications guy. Maybe we can make it happen. <laughs> we did. And, uh, yeah, he's agreed. So I'm looking for that. Like I said, we, we don't have anything, any definite time set up yet. All we have so far is that it has been uh, agreed that he will come on the show for, uh, for a little Q&A. Um, so, yeah, so just yep. be on the lookout for that. Keep a listen. Uh, once we have some definite times, we will let you know. But, uh, yeah, very excited. He's a great guy. We're a fan of uh, trauma, a lot of trauma movies for sure, so we can't wait to talk about some of them. So, guys, thank you again for joining us. Um, join us again next week for the final installment of March of the Dead. I can't believe we're about to close this one off already. This has been crazy. Um, you have any movie suggestions? Get those into us. And until next week, I'm Sheldon. And I'm Mike. And thank you again for joining us on The Graveyard Shift.